0: Welcome to How We Win, the official podcast of The Persistence. Action is the best antidote for anxiety, and we're giving you the tools to make a difference right now. Today, we talk about the incredible feat of organizing that Amazon employees have accomplished and look forward to a history-making moment on the Supreme Court. Almost there.
1: Also joining us for our interview is the podcast host who's giving a voice to civic engagement. Super important. Mila Atmos. I'm Steve Pearson. And I'm Mariah Craven. And this this is is How We win. Win.
0: Before we go any further, we've got some really positive news that we want to talk about. There's some, as, as we said in the opening, great organizing moment from mm-hmm. Amazon employees, um, a great historic moment coming up for our Supreme Court, mm-hmm. but it's it's um, it's tough to jump into all of this without acknowledging the further atrocities that are being unveiled in Ukraine and um the The horrific uh, you know, there's no words to describe it, except uh, it's it's the genocide that we were talking about that felt mm. uh, hard to say out loud, but is is indeed um, what Putin has has been perpetrating in ukraine and um and so I know that's top of mind for everyone and yeah. it's and as it well should be, but you know, it's hard not to talk about that, even though we have so many you know positive things to talk about today
1: it's important to talk about this and i'll tell you why um when we first started talking on this podcast about the possibility of russia invading or attacking ukraine we said keep an eye on how people on the right respond to this and when it comes to the atrocities that we're seeing from reputable news sources and social media, like actual videos and pictures, the denial that this could be something else, that this is strange, that Russia would never bomb a maternity hospital and kill women and babies. We said, watch out for what people say, and they're revealing themselves. And when you try to cover up these things, um it just makes it so much worse for the people on the ground. And history reveals what actually happens, but we're in a place right now where, where we can know in real time what these atrocities uh, are, are having. So, so you know, t- tons of other news to cover, but I'm so glad that you brought this up because we should all be talking about this nonstop.
0: Yeah, and, and actually one more point before we move on that you just made me think about is... Um, you know we've seen uh, the use of conspiracy theories mm-hmm. and the big lie and propaganda mm-hmm. here in the US over the last uh, 4 years even before that but the right wing media ecosystem the infowars stuff that you know denying sandy hook and um, right. of course. And, and stuff of course. like that and to see the, that this is exactly what the Russians have been doing. This is the language and the, mm-hmm. and the propaganda that they use. And, and it's here at home, too. It should really give us – alarm bells sh- should have been going off a long time ago. But if they weren't, they should be now for what is going on in our media ecosystem right now. And there's so, so many parallels that are just even more frightening right now in, in the wake of what's oh, yeah. happening.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm on to the more, um, you know, more positive news. Um, pretty incredible what happened at a Staten Island uh, Amazon warehouse in, in the last few days.
0: Yeah. You know, Amazon is in terms of employers, uh, maybe one of the worst. I mean, we think of like Walmart as, you know, being one of the huge mega big box stores that um, pays their employees in next to nothing. Um, But Amazon, literally, there was a reporting that came out uh, last summer that uh, they, they don't want their employees to find job security at their warehouses. They actually want turnover because they don't want employees to be there for a Mm. while and need raises. So they, they actively like work to burn out these workers and pay them low wages. And uh, they don't improve workplace conditions. Of course, Jeff Bezos is going to space and uh, you know, making record profits, paying zero in taxes, while, uh, while the workers that are driving um, really our economy, who have been on the front lines during the pandemic, bringing us all of our packages and all the stuff that we want and need right away. These are the people who are doing it. Uh, and they were able to organize and, and create the first union for Amazon workers. It's amazing.
1: Um, that's so interesting. Yeah, I guess if all your employees are new and burnt out, they don't really have the time and relationships to organize and and create a union. But um, that's not what happened on Staten Island. I got a lot of pushback from the company, um, but they voted for the right to unionize by quite a, a wide margin, which is, I think, is and will be seen as a, a rebuke of, of how the treatment that you were just describing that that Amazon um, exposes its workers to.
0: Yep, yeah, and Amazon uh, has already signaled that they will challenge the validity of that, and blah blah blah. But um, so there's more organizing to be done around it, um, and uh, and we're going to talk more about the the man who organized, who was the lead on that in our hero of the week. Spoiler alert: I just spoiled it, but uh, we'll <laughs> talk more around. about him in a second.
1: Um, The other exciting and incredible news of of this week is by the end of this week, we could have Supreme Court Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson. Um, Incredible. We are so close. Um, Three Republican senators have said that they will vote for her. And it's looking like that vote could happen by the end of the week.
0: Yeah, it's the usual um, the, right. the the usual three: Murkowski, Collins, and um, what's his face—the guy who Mitt ran Romney. for president once. <laughs> Thanks, yeah, Mitt Romney. Um, and uh, you know, for a second, I was I was like, "Is this Republicans in disarray? I mean, are they are?" Are they not able to galvanize together to block everything the Democrats do? Are they losing members to, you know, um, but no, it's, it's, uh, it's the same three. Uh, there's, it's not like we have a hope for voting rights. I, I, you know, I just sort of hope like anytime those, one of those three or two or three of them mm. vote on our side, I, I get hopeful for maybe some other, other things too, but. God, we talked about it in previous podcasts. The the hearings were disgusting. Uh, what a disgusting display of, uh, of racism, blatant racism out loud mm-hmm. on national television by the Republican senators questioning uh, this amazing soon-to-be Supreme Court justice. I'm channeling my inner Cory Booker, though, uh, from those hearings mm-hmm. and, and just it, it being excited and, uh, and can't wait to celebrate that.
1: Um, yeah, he just really had a, you know, a couple of moments with her that were really fun and gratifying to watch. And I think this feels for a lot of even the Republicans who said that they wouldn't vote for her. Uh, some of them were saying, like, yeah, she's qualified. OK, well, did you see Roy been-
0: Blunt? <laughs> did you see Roy Blunt on yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> on the Sunday show? <sighs>
1: Yeah, this should have been an easy vote for all of all of them, um, but I guess not.
0: Mm. I I will say um, there is some really really tough decisions that are going to be coming to the court. This is. Uh, Mm-hmm. A, a judge replacing one of the more liberal judges, so it's it's not changing the balance of the court. We had today some breaking news as we're recording this of yet another horrific and egregious anti-abortion legislation that's being passed mm-hmm. in Oklahoma, my where my roots are, where my family's from, uh, is a near total abortion ban that Mm -hmm. makes performing an abortion a federal offense punishable by you know some stringent jail time roe versus wade is going to be coming up before the supreme court um soon so uh you know we, we have more work to do again it's important to recognize the assault on on uh on our rights, on women's health, uh, that is happening at the hands of the GOP. But I'm still, I'm still channeling my Cory Booker right now, and and gonna, you know, embrace this moment and really celebrate it because um, it needs to be celebrated.
1: Oh, I have room in my heart to celebrate and be incredibly pissed off about this <laughs> because this is like, like everyone. I feel like for a lot of women's rights advocates and feminists they've been saying we've got to protect roe versus wade and people were always saying well it was it's the law of the land like you you guys are you guys are being hysterical and a state cannot make this like a federal a federal cry anyway right I, I i want people to look and the same thing with like the texas abortion law. like having having people who have nothing to do with something be able to sue people it, it, it's all of it's unconstitutional um But if you look at a map, it's easy to see what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, Women in Mississippi were going to Texas to get abortions because uh, that state shut things down. Women in Texas were going to Oklahoma next door. They're all next door to each other to get abortions. And now that's been shut down. Um, And so they're really hemming women in the South in as far as accessing health care. And most women can't afford the, the money or the time to go to a Colorado or a California to obtain uh, uh, access to a, to an abortion that they that they need or want, um, mm-hmm. so it's so sinister, and that's why I say I I can I can stay mad about this.
0: Yeah, although I don't think that anger, well, maybe that anger is in the pit of your heart, but it's probably in a different part of your body. The love is filling up your heart right now. Who I'm knows? out of my, womb. <laughs> <It's not> my <laughs> womb. Your womb is screaming <laughs> at the GOP right now, uh, as well it should be. Um, all right, well, let's talk about our hero of the week. Let's talk. You
1: picked this hero of the week, and I am a thousand percent in agreement.
0: Yes, uh, and I already told you all who it is. It is uh, Chris Smalls, who's the president now of the Amazon Labor Union. He was the driving force behind unionizing uh, the Amazon employees in Staten Island. Uh, He led the walkout at the start of the pandemic in 2020 to protest the working conditions there, and he was fired the same Mm -hmm. day for doing that. There was a, a memo that was leaked by the Amazon, mm-hmm. uh, you know, brass, the higher up, general ups. counsel. The general counsel says he's not smart or articulate, and that was leaked. Yes, a dog whistle. yeah, exactly. That memo was leaked. Chris Small saw that, and that became the fuel that would drive him. To lead one of the most dramatic and successful grassroots union drives in recent history, this was a true grassroots effort. Mm-hmm. This is really uh, this so exemplifies the power of people when they come together, and uh, and have a a common purpose, uh, what Heather McGee would call a solidarity dividend. And, uh, and that's when people from different walks of life come together with uh, the same cause and the same motivation, and they did it. So uh, uh, he didn't stop. He used, uh, used that as fuel, and he is definitely our hero of the week.
1: All right, Chris Smalls. All right, now let's talk about this week's to-do list.
0: All right, this week's to-do list is a really fun call to action that I know everyone can do because you've already got your podcast app open or however you listen to podcasts. You're doing it right now. Um, Your assignment for the week is to find another progressive podcast to listen to. Mariah and I were talking about at the beginning the uh, the propaganda, the the right-wing mm. conspiracies that, that run rampant through this media ecosystem. We talk about it a lot on the show. I'm excited for people to hear the interview with Mila because uh, she has a great podcast, and you should listen to hers, Future Hindsight. Uh, that does a lot of the same stuff that we do. It, it, it's, it brings people on to inspire you and get you into action, and, uh, and it, it has a hopeful uh, perspective And uh, and it's important that we raise up the voices of other people who are saying the truth, who are giving you good information, who are uh, highlighting work that needs to be highlighted, uh, Mm -hmm. people who are doing things that don't necessarily get the attention from the mainstream media. It's really, really important. So um, we don't want you to go anywhere. We're grateful that you're here. But uh, take the time to check out uh, another progressive podcast this week.
1: Yeah. So before you download future hindsight and start following Mila on, on, on your podcast app of choice, stick around, listen to this interview that she did with Steve. And then we will wrap up with our reasons for hope.
0: Mila Atmos is a global citizen and host of Future Hindsight, a weekly podcast that aims to spark civic engagement through in-depth conversations with citizen changemakers, not unlike our own show. Mila combines life experiences with living in multiple cultures ranging from Indonesia to Germany to the rural U.S. with her knowledge base in history, economics, and international affairs. Mila, thanks so much for joining us today.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so thrilled to be here.
0: Thrilled to have you. Like like uh, I said, um, our podcasts are kindred spirits. We both seek to engage people in this important work of being a citizen. Uh, you have a very diverse background, as I just mentioned, uh, living in multiple cultures. Where did you grow up, and uh, and when did you first become civically engaged?
2: That's a good question. So let me start about uh, where I grew up. I was born in Indonesia and my parents are super young. My father went to university in Germany. So actually, I grew up in Germany until I was 11. Mm. And then uh, we moved back to Indonesia. I went to middle school there. And then I came here as an exchange student uh, in rural Idaho. So I was uh, 16 at the time. Uh, It was 1987. It was a real culture shock to come to the land of the free, where everything is super big. Uh, That was my number one impression, that everything in America is very big. Uh, And then uh, I ended up migrating to the East Coast to go to boarding school, and I ended up going to college in New York, and I have lived here more or less ever since.
0: Uh, And then you started getting civically engaged. Uh, When when did you start doing that? Was it At boarding school or after, like what what are your early memories of of getting involved in civics? Is there like a volunteer experience that sticks out the most for you? I will
2: say that, you know, at the time I was a green card holder. This is before I became a naturalized citizen. And when uh, the Bush and Gore election happened and I was watching TV on election night, I thought, oh, no. (laughs) this is all going to go the wrong way, and there's nothing that I can do about that. Mm. You know, I'm not even a citizen. What can I do about this? And that's maybe the time when I first thought about maybe I should become a U.S. citizen. And so I did. I became a U.S. citizen not that long ago, right before the Obama election. I mean, that's a while ago now, but it feels like not that long ago. Mm. And But, you know, that was about 20 years after I had first arrived in the U.S. And uh, for a long time... Uh, as a non citizen, I would think about what was happening politically as something that was sort of outside of me. You know, like this is what Americans do, right. but that's not what I do because I'm not American. Mm. But now that I'm an American, I was like, okay, I'm going to really get engaged. So I registered um, to vote the day that I became a citizen. Mm. Uh, I think this is a common experience for most people that you can register right after you are sworn into becoming a citizen, which is right. really a great opportunity. So um, yeah, we if do you're about of, to be naturalized, of, do it.
0: We do a lot of registration drives at naturalization uh, ceremonies and stuff. It's a great yes. place to register voters. Really yeah.
2: great place, yes. Uh, and then um, I was really inspired by the Obama race because, of course, he grew up in Jakarta in part. So to me, I felt a little bit right. like, oh, this is somebody I knew. I had read his book, you know, A Dream from My Father, and I was very... Uh, impressed by his experience and the way that he explained his childhood in Indonesia. And so I felt like, well, you know, maybe it's not somebody Indonesian-American, but it's somebody who spent time in my homeland. And so uh, I became became an Obama supporter. I went to some fundraisers. And I think that was maybe the first time I became... Properly engaged, and mm. it was the first election that I could vote in. So that was incredibly exciting, and it felt like I completed a circle of some sort.
0: Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people got involved, uh, inspired by Obama's run, and got involved in the first, for the first time there. I think there's a big class of activists that came from uh, the hope message of Obama, and there's a giant class of activists that came from the fear. Uh, of Trump becoming president as well. Um, So uh, on your bio, this is a quote. It says, what informs Mila's worldview is her belief that American democracy is a living, breathing mechanism whose well-being deserves to be cultivated and protected. Can you talk about how we can do this in a time where democracy is under attack and we're always seeming to play defense, not being proactive and cultivating our democracy, but, you know, fighting against the forces that are um, subjugating our democracy?
2: Yeah, so I think that getting involved doesn't have to be something really big. And I think this is where a lot of people feel helpless and hopeless. They don't want to get engaged because it seems just too much, Mm -hmm. you know, like, what can I do one person? And uh, actually, that's one of the reasons I started this podcast is that I wanted to explore the opportunities for getting engaged beyond voting, but short of running for office. Because I think Mm. a lot of people said after the 2016 election, well, what else can I do? I voted, you know, if you did. And and many people, of course, didn't, as we all know. And uh, I don't want to run for office because that seems in many people's imaginations or in the way that we think about it, I think popularly, that that's the next stop. But there is so much to do, as it turns out. And it doesn't have to be necessarily overtly political. It doesn't have to be that you need to um, join a political party or go to party meetings, but it can be something simple and very accessible that is about investing in your community. And that could be if your parents show up to the PTA meeting or go to the local school board meeting, or if there is a soup kitchen, participate there. Whatever it is that you do, It makes all the difference in the world for you to join and belong, as Art Chang said, uh, and basically take part in your community. Because when you do that, then you understand what the issues are that really are most poignant for your community. And if you join and belong, there's an opportunity for you to help make it better.
0: Couldn't agree more. You are Talk in my language, sister, for sure. <laughs> and, and as I mentioned, we have very similar missions on our podcast. Um, and I, I had the same experience. And that's why we started our show, was we wanted people to, to get involved, to take action and get out of their comfort zone a little bit and, and own their power and own what influence they have. And I, I couldn't agree more. The best way to do that is to get involved in your own community uh, and build your circle and you 'll find that you have you have influence you have sway it 's not just going to be your vote but you 're going to be able to get other people to vote and and stand with you too and and that's that 's really powerful um, so thank you so much for doing that work I think um, we need to amplify more people uh, especially in this progressive media space who are doing this work because it 's getting drowned out by obviously the right wing conspiracy theorists and all all of that bullshittery that really owns this media space. Um, So uh, I'm grateful for your work, and I encourage people to listen to the show. Um, What have you learned from doing your show that maybe you didn't expect? You've been doing, you've done it for a few years now. You have a lot of episodes under your belt. What have you learned that kind of surprised you that you're excited for listeners to know?
2: Well, first of all, thank you for Plugging the show, I really appreciate it, and you do very similar work, and we are definitely you know travelers on the same road, so thank you. Uh, and so let's see, in terms of what I learned that I didn't expect, I think what I learned is that I um, that I need to keep an open mind and and uh, be open to changing my mind. Mm. you know I think I think that goes for people on both sides of the aisle, right? I think we we believe that our theories are sound. And I think they are. I'm not saying that they're not. But, like, I, I have discovered new information. And it makes it possible for me to say, oh, wait, do I need to maybe rethink what I used to think? You know, do I have a new belief? Can I, can I change my beliefs? Can I change my perspective? Can I at least widen my perspective on, on some issues? And so, for example, I think the best example is on poverty. And, um... Hmm. I used to work on Wall Street, so I was, you know, always inundated. It's not that I believed it. I was inundated with information that told me that poor people deserve to be poor. And of course, Mm. I always knew that wasn't true, right? But I didn't really know how else to think about it. And I interviewed a lot of people about poverty. And it's through these interviews that I understood just in what way poverty is a systems problem. And that was really new to me, and I didn't I didn't really understand it until I spoke to these experts on poverty. And I think it's been really informative in the way that I think about public policy when it comes to poverty.
0: That's interesting. I think that's a theme that I've been getting a lot on our show too. Is being uh, giving people space to change, and I think that's something uh, just for me that I've been absorbing. From our show lately, is um, i I won't try to paraphrase it. I'll just uh, we had Governor deval Patrick on, and he, and he said it best. Um, it's great that there's so many people who are woke. The question is, will they leave space for people who are still waking up? You know, um and I, that's that's been really powerful for me, yes.
2: That was amazing. I listened to that interview. It was very good. But yes, oh. that's a question I have for myself. Because, I mean, I would not pretend to be a woke person. I don't think that I really am. <laughs> you know, like, mm. I, as a as a progressive, I think there are a lot of things that I have learned over the last four years. But there are some things where I'm like, I, I just don't really know everything that is that, to be known about a subject. And, and of course, that's true for so many things. I, I won't be able to know everything. But what I'm trying to say is... Um, Sometimes I feel like, "Oh, I just need more information in order to understand what this is about, you know, and have an opinion and I think this is the other thing that I also learned is that i can I'm allowed to have no opinion <laughs> I'm allowed to yeah. be like, you know, I have to still think about that you know i I can't say I don't want to just say something I don't really mean
0: I think that's so smart, and um, I really appreciate that because i there's a, uh, a siren song for, as a podcast host in the political realm where you need to have an opinion and a perspective on a whole range of issues. And, of course, now we have um, a huge swath of Ukraine experts, right, um, who probably weren't thinking about Ukraine very much uh, a few months ago. Um and uh, And there are real experts in that field but um but yes, I mean, we need to be able to say no i i don't know much that's why I'm having this expert guest on to you know to talk about and educate myself and us and um and also i I think it's really important to have imperfect conversations i mean, you talked about you're not necessarily woke like you know we need to be able to out loud workshop conversations that are difficult conversations around race and inequities and in our country that you know are institutionalized and, and part of the makeup of this country um, if if we can't make mistakes while having those conversations then we're doing everyone a disservice because we're not able to learn from those mistakes and 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 grow so thank you for that um, Having said all that, uh, you, you listened to the Deval Patrick interview. Uh, what, what is, uh, someone that really stuck with you from the many interviews that you've done? Are there any, like, uh, must listen to, uh, people or, you know, what, what was one of your most memorable guests?
2: Oh, that's a hard question because it's like asking me who my favorite puppy is, you know? (laughs) You know what?
0: I hate when people ask me that question. So I don't know, maybe that was being mean, throwing that at you. But (laughs)
2: But I will say this, I will say this, that I know you had Anand Shankar Osorio on also. Oh, yeah. uh, And we had her on as well. And I feel like this is the thing that maybe is a really good episode to tune into this election year. Mm -hmm. right? If you are deciding who you want to vote for, if you are deciding on who is giving you good information, pay attention to what the candidates are saying. And she said that basically, if you want to win elections, you should talk about what you're for, as opposed to attacking the other candidate. And I think this is really, really important. And so as we Barrel towards November, I think we should keep our eyes and ears open for the candidates who are telling us what they're for and whether they're representing our values.
0: Amen. I love Misa Manat, too. She is one of my favorite guests, one of my favorite people, and her work uh, is so, so important. So, yes. I encourage everyone to listen to her interview on your show and everywhere else that she speaks, too. Um, uh, So... The last question that we ask all of our guests, uh, we'll ask you, and you do this on your show too. Uh, your your show is very hopeful. So let me ask you, um, what gives you the most hope for the future?
2: Well, I would say that uh, it's the guests that I have on the show. I think all of them, as you know, and as you've mentioned earlier, I call them citizen changemakers. And what's special about them is that they are – these people who are truly dedicated to making to make our society function better, and I think that is not celebrated enough. I think we, people love to, you know, put down people who are experts or activists, but think about what they're doing. You know, they're spending their time to make the public sphere better for all of us, mm-hmm. and I think that's. Tremendous! It's so hopeful that there are so many people like that. And the second part about that, it's so inspirational. Their example of their work really can inform us of how we can make the most impact.
0: I totally agree. And all of those people could be one of our listeners who just starts doing this work and finds themselves, you know, making that kind of an impact. So, uh, I love that. Thank you so much for taking the time to to talk. I'm really glad to be connected to you and to, to meet you. We are travelers on this same road. So um, I look forward to logging many miles together in the future as well. So thanks for being here. Thank
2: you. Thank you so much for having me. It was really a pleasure.
0: Okay, Mariah. We are back, and what is your reason for hope this week?
1: My reason for hope is a new poll that came out this week that has found in the Texas governor's race. Mm-hmm. Beto O'Rourke uh, is, is at on. 40%. Greg uh-huh. Abbott is at 42%, and the margin of error is 3.2%. So that's a
0: toss-up. That's a awesome.
1: So and we and we've still got we've still got a few months left in this race. And so I am excited about this because Um, You know, of course, Greg Abbott means um, vilifying trans kids and taking rights away from women and an an electrical grid that doesn't work. And Mm. Beto means safer, uh, safer communities, less fewer, fewer guns, more common sense gun stuff uh, and higher pay for teachers. I mean, which of those things would anybody want? I don't know. So and uh, funkier
0: baselines, too. Good, so yeah, Beto's a face. bass player too, so
1: <laughs> I didn't even know that. There you go. I just know about his trips to the dentist and him driving around <laughs> in his
0: car to register voters. So I think he played bass in a punk band. Actually, that's
1: right. That's right. I did know. I did know that it was a punk band.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I'm um,
1: very hopeful about this. If you've got some time to make phone calls for Beto or can chip into his campaign. This would be a great time to do that, Steve. What is your reason for hope?
0: Uh, well, uh, that's very hopeful. Thank you. I'm uh, I'm very curious what's going to happen in Texas. Uh, I actually think that Texas got pretty close to you know making some political waves in 2020, and the organizing yeah, yeah. there is uh, is very strong, as you know, because you're there. So that's exciting. Um, my reason for hope is uh based around a video game mm. called Fortnite. Are you f- okay. familiar with Fortnite? I mean I've
1: I've heard of it. I'm terrible at video games, so I've never played but I I've, I've heard of it.
0: I have not played it either, but it uh but I've heard of it because it is an incredibly popular video game and uh at the beginning of the war in Ukraine The developer Epic Games said that it would donate all of its proceeds from the game, Mm. along with those from Microsoft, to humanitarian efforts in Ukraine uh, for a period of two weeks. So uh, that period ended, and they have raised a staggering $144 million
1: for Ukraine
0: relief. Yeah. I mean, also, like— like, what are we doing in like with the podcast? Like we're definitely in the wrong business, but, um, you know, goodness,
1: how much Fortnite are y'all playing out
0: there? (laughs) You know, uh, Maybe for another time, let's get, like, a video meta uh, web expert on. See, God, I just sound terrible. I don't know what I'm talking about. We'll get someone that <laughs> knows what they're talking about and see a how child we, <laughs> A child. <to> explain <laughs> this to us. To explain this to us and then try to, like, register voters within that video game ecosystem. I'll bet that would work. I bet there's a way to do that. Um, That's really
1: smart. You know, when you first said two weeks, I – me who has no money to give I rolled my eyes a little bit <laughs> <But> then, <laughs> my god that's so much money
0: 144 it's million dollars they raised well, you know, in two I, weeks i mean that's that's meaningful relief i mean that's like governments aren't giving that much to ukraine <laughs> um some governments but anyway uh that gives me hope and of course uh you know, you have to look at the humanity around this very inhumane uh, and inhuman situation mm-hmm. in Ukraine. Uh, so I'm very grateful. Maybe I'll start playing Fortnite. Um, Let's do it. Yeah. It, I just have to st- stop playing Candy Crush, which uh, I don't think I can wedge that out of my hand anytime soon. So,
1: Wow. I'm
0: impressed that you're still playing Candy Crush. <laughs> it's been <laughs> around cool. for a
1: minute. I'm still <laughs> working on getting into Wordle, so...
0: Ah, yeah. No, I do Wordle every, every uh, morning. I'm on a text chain with my f- family, a Wordle chain.
1: That is so nice.
0: Anyway. Thank you all so much for joining us today. This is how we win. We win when we all get involved. We want to hear from you.
1: What video games are you playing? <laughs> what actions are you taking this week? Send us an yeah. email at hello at winpod.com or tweet to us at Bluesboy Steve and at Mariah underscore Craven.
0: Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on Apple or wherever you get your pods. And remember, this week's to do list is to listen to other episodes. So go out there and, and listen to some great progressive podcasts. We really appreciate you being here with us, and we'll be back with some more next Wednesday.